0: Good morning. good morning, good news, bad news. What do you want first? Oh, the bad news. The bad news is you're stuck with me this morning. The good news is, the good news is next week, Dr. Ben Young, will be right back here in his home 1111. We're excited about that, kicking off a new series. Yes, you can clap for that. That's good, that's good news. It's gonna be great, don't miss it. Make sure you are here, begin to invite people. It's gonna be a tremendous study. I want to invite you to open up your Bibles, if you would, with me, please, to Proverbs. The book of Proverbs chapter 3, perhaps the most famous passage in all of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, we are going to look at verses 1 through 6. And can I invite you to do this? Would you stand with me this morning as we read God's word as a community? Stand to your feet. If you don't have the scripture, the word's going to be on the screen. This is Solomon. Writing to his son, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1, it tells us this. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life in peace, they will add to you. Do not let kindness and trust, truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Verse five, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Father, as we study your word together this morning, help it to pierce hearts. Father, help me to get out of the way. Use me whatever way you see fit, God. This is our prayer. This is my prayer in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. It's easy in life to think that you know what you need and when you need it. Let me say it again. It's really easy in life to think you know exactly what you need in exactly when you need it. And as kiddos, when we're growing up, we daydream a lot. We think a lot about what life is going to look like once we get older. And we play this game. How many of you played the game as an adolescent? I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and 43. How many of you played the game M.A.S.H.? Unapologetically, raise your hand if you did. God knows, it's okay, go ahead. Put your hands, keep your hands up. Some of you are like, I don't, look at this picture on the screen. This is what mash looked like. Now you know what I'm talking about, right? This piece of paper you get and you know, mash the top is the acrostic. Remember, mansion, apartment, shack, house. Then you have the categories, remember the categories? Who am I gonna marry someday? And you put down a list of names. What kind of car am I gonna drive someday? Then it's, you know, my occupation number of kids, you play with someone, you draw the little spiral, they say stop. What do you do? You count the lines and then you use that number to kind of go through all, count through all of the different uh, areas. You mark off whatever you land on. At the very end, you're left with something from each category and that is your future. Now, newsflash, I did not marry any of those 80s and 90s supermodels, all right? I never drove a Lamborghini, I didn't have 17 kids, and I never played football in the NFL. But, can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? God has exceeded my expectations. God has exceeded my expectations. I could have never dreamed, (laughs) could have never dreamed what God had for me. That's the conversation I want us to have today. Exceeding expectations. I think when we look at God's word, there, is, there are some principles that we can apply in order to have an expectation exceeding experience. And I want to be clear, God's word, his word is not a game that we play. It's not something we come to casually and we kind of go through it, highlighting things and circling things so we can say, that's what I want, God. But God's word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light into our path. It is meant to lead us and guide us as we pursue a very supernatural, sacred, and sovereign plan that God has for our life. And so this morning, what I want to do I want us to look at three practical principles and might I just say this, these are gonna seem overly elementary, things that you know, I'm gonna say them, you're gonna say, yeah, we know that, but sometimes it's good to be pulled back to some basics to ensure that as we go out into this new year, we understand some basic practical principles that God would have us live, our lives by, and so look back at our text. Proverbs chapter three, verse one. It says, my son, do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. The first overly practical and overly simple principle we need to apply to our life is this. Remember his truth. Remember his truth. Every day, did you know every day you take in 34 gigabytes of information, 34 gigabytes of information comes at you every day. That's 100,000 words. The Hobbit, the book The Hobbit is over 95,000. It's like reading The Hobbit every day. That's how much information you have coming into your life. And let's be honest, a lot of that information is junk. It is. A lot of it is superfluous data that has no place and really doesn't do a lot for us. The more scary thing is that some of that information coming at us and into our lives is lies. It is, there are things that aren't true that assault us and that we have to learn how to push back against. So in a world where we are taking in constantly so much information, How do we attempt, how do we seek to remember God's truth? Remembering requires two simple things. It's this, knowing and doing. We have to know God's word as it says in that scripture, don't forget my teaching. We have to know God's word, commit it to memory, and then let your heart keep my commandments. That's the doing. We have to know God's word, Commit it to memory so that we can obey it. I'm so glad as a church, we're about to step into this thing called Master Life. Now, if you don't know, you've not signed up yet, Master Life is just a discipleship program, but it has a part of it, a very key element in it is memorizing scripture. Memorizing scripture. It's gonna be a tremendous thing in the life of our church. If you've not committed to it, if you've not thought about it, prayed about it, do so. It's gonna be incredible. But I want you to understand this. We know God's word. We commit it to memory so that we can obey it. And obedience produces something I call truth movement. Obedience produces truth movement. Obedience takes truth and moves it from our head to our heart. We are obedient to God's word. A lot of people know God's word. They know it, but they're not obedient to it. Obedience moves truth from our head to our heart and we live from our heart. And so how we live is an overflow of God's truth that he's put in us. The second practical principle, and this once again, overly simple is found in verse five. There's other things in here, but I want you to look at verse five. It tells us this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. The second practical principle is this, we are called to trust in him. We're called to trust in him. But listen to how we are told to trust in him in verse five. First, we are called to trust in him exclusively. We are called to trust in God exclusively. It says trust in him. And then we are called to trust entirely. To trust entirely with all of your heart. Trust in God with all of your heart. Then it has that last little phrase that throws in there. Don't lean, don't lean on your own understanding. I love how God puts that in there because he knows this so well. A lot of us wanna take God's truth, we wanna take our desire to trust in him, we wanna find something to prop it up. We wanna find a crutch to lean it on. It's like, God, I'll trust you, but I need something else to lean. God says, don't lean on anything else. Exclusively and entirely trust in me. John Cavanaugh is a famous professor, philosopher, ethicist, and somewhere 60s, 70s, he went over to see Mother Teresa. And he comes to Mother Teresa in Calcutta He's doing some mission work there. And he gets a meeting with her and he says, Mother Teresa, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Pray for me that I would have clarity. Pray that I would have clarity. I'm going through some stuff and I need some clarity. And Mother Teresa looks at him and she says, I will not pray that you will have clarity. I cannot do that. Instead, I will pray that you will have trust. She said, clarity is the last thing you're holding on to. I'm gonna pray that you would let go and trust God. You can't take trust and try to lean it up against something. That's not how it works. Personal story from my own life, maybe, a little too personal, but I thought it, it's fitting so I'm gonna share it. My wife and I, when we first got married, a couple years into marriage, began to talk about our family, like all young couples do. And we said, yeah, we, we wanna have a family. Let's, let's begin to work on that. And so we did. We began to work on having a family and very quickly, my wife became pregnant. Shortly thereafter, our daughter London was born and we were thrilled. Greatest day, time, season of our life. Incredible. So thankful, so blessed. A couple of years into having London, we decided that you know what, we want to, we want to pursue a second child. And we thought that's what God had for us, and so we begin that pursuit. Shortly thereafter, just like the first time we got pregnant. We thought, okay. Here we go, number two. Told our family about London, our daughter, the shirt that said, I'm gonna be a big sister on it. She's wearing it around. Or shortly after all this, we had some complications and we lost that pregnancy and we were devastated. We were, we were completely shocked and devastated. with that God, it was the first time it was, and we didn't know, we were young and naive. And so over the next five years, I won't go into all the details, but over the next five years, we experienced additional loss and difficulty. And it was really, really hard. We talked about alternatives. We began to talk about adoption. My wife would always say, I know I'm not done being a mom. I just know that I'm not done being a mom. And we would pray, and we would pray, and we would pray. And one day I came home and I walked into our, our bathroom and my wife was, was crying. So I went to her to console her and I said, babe, you know, what's wrong? And she said, uh, you know, I've been praying, I've been talking to God. And I'm told him, just told him that I'm okay. And that if this is all he has for me, if this is what he has for me, it's okay. And I totally trust him. We had been leaning our trust up against something for a long time and God had called us to trust him entirely and exclusively. And she said, I'm done. God, you can have it, you can have it. Warren Wiersbe says that, and I love this statement. Warren Wiersbe says that trust means to to lie helplessly face down. Trust means to lie helplessly face down and say, God, you can have it.